This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to Pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast, where we are constantly trying to keep our thumbs ripped up. Tonight, we have a very special episode. We are currently live right now on our Facebook and YouTube. Uh, so really looking forward to your guys' questions as we get this thing rolling. But we got Mr. Cody Henley on uh, the KBF, the 10 champion is with us tonight. And I'm also going to be joined by Brian Schiller, and I'll bring him on in a second. Uh, really excited about tonight. Can't wait to dive into Cody's uh, approach to the to the 10 and his epic trip out to the east coast um especially being from a west from the western region being from utah he went out there and just went on an absolute tear um going through kbf uh, bass and hobie um just had an incredible trip out there and i can't wait to hear all about it as i'm sure you guys can either uh, he has been on a few podcasts recently so tonight we're just going to kind of dive into you know to his mindset bass them style um really looking forward to it but i got a couple housekeeping things first to start us off for the night first thing up i'm gonna go ahead and shout out uh the paddle and fin open on dale hollow for those of you that are out in tennessee or want to travel out to dale hollow uh at eastport marina and resort the paddle and fin family is going to be out there it's going to be a two-day tourney uh really looking forward to being out there coming out from california um, with my wife Kristen. And man, it's just going to be a great time. Can't wait to spend some time with the with the Paddle and Finn family, the host family, and then you know get to see all you guys out there as well. Can't wait to meet some of you guys and fish on Dale Hollow. It's going to be 
It's going to be epic. I cannot wait for that. Also, something kind of new that I'm going to start to add to the podcast. Um, we got the we got a we're going to have a West Coast update maybe once every other week from the Motherload Kayak Angler and WesternBass.com. So basically, I'm just going to run through some of the um, series that are going on out here in the Western region. First up, we got the ABA Ironman Kayak Series. This, we had the season opener out on Lake Paris on February 12th and 13th. And John DeMonet of Downey, California, dominated the field with a two-day total of 166.75 inches, including a 101-inch limit on day one during a very tough bite. He also captured the Big Fish Award with a 22-and-three-quarter-inch hog. Next up for the ABA is the California Delta during prime time on March 26th and 27th, launching out of Contra Costa. And one thing I want to add about that event is that the ABA is going to be transitioning for this event to Fishing Chaos. So we're going to be on Fishing Chaos uh, for the remainder of the season because of the partnership that we have now with KBF. We got two trail events that are going to be um, going on at the same time for our San Vicente and Otai tournaments. So we're going to have more opportunity for our anglers down here in Southern California and the whole Western region by adding four, basically four trails on two weekends to our schedule. And we transitioned to Fishing Chaos. That way we don't have to go between two different apps on the same day. So the ABA will now be on Fishing Chaos and you can find that Delta tournament on Fishing Chaos. Um, if you guys want more information about that, you can reach out to me personally on Bass Thumbs Fishing on Instagram. Up next, we got the California Kayak Bass Nation series. Uh, they had a season opener on Lake Shasta, and we did a, a episode on that last week with John Myers and Chase Murdoch. But Chase Murdoch of San Francisco, California, and John Myers of Atwater, California, tied tied it tied up it at 156 and a half inches for two days. Ultimately. It was Chase who would be declared the champion, secondary to the tiebreaker rule of the largest first day total. Next up for California Bass Nation is Lake Party on March 6th. For the KBF Trail Series, there was a KBF Yakabass Duel event on Folsom on February 19th and 20th. Chris Spencer of Orem, Utah drove in and took the entire event, winning the overall victory in the biggest bags on days one and two in the Yakabass event and securing both KBF trail events and the pro series division with a two day total of 169 inches. Congratulations, Chris. And I'm actually going to have Chris Spencer on next week on the Bastion fishing podcast. And we're going to be able to hear all about his absolute dominating performance out here in California at Folsom. Uh, next up for the KBF trail series out here in the Western region is going to be at Lake at Roosevelt Lake in Arizona on March 19th and 20th. If you guys want more information about that Roosevelt trip, uh, go ahead and reach out to Bryce Gibbs. Bryce Gibbs will answer all your questions. And um, I heard Fluke Master is going to be there as well. So that should be a, a pretty pretty epic trip. I am trying to make it to that one. I just don't know if I'm able to swing it because I got the Dale Hollow coming up a couple of weeks after that. So if you guys are from Arizona or around Arizona and want to make it to a KBF trail, make sure you guys check out Roosevelt. Next up, we got SoCal kayak anglers. They have a season opener on lower Otai. It's actually a membership drive. Um, so for those of you guys that are looking for like a grassroots feel, um, lower Otai reservoir on March 12th, make sure you guys go check out at SoCal kayak anglers for more information. 
Next up, we got the Wild West Bass Trail Kayak Series season opener on Lake Shasta. It's a dual event. Uh, or they had the season opener with Lake Sh- on Lake Shasta with California Bass Nation on, on February 5th and 6th. And John Myers won the Wild West Bass Trail Kayak Series uh, with a two-day total of 156 and a half. And this is coming off the heels of a 2021 TOC victory on Thermolito Afterbase. So he won the last event of the Wild West Bass Trail and the first event of the Wild West Bass Trail. So congratulations, John. And last but not least, we got Yakabass. They just had that dual event at Folsom, but their next event is at Lake Oroville on March 19th and 20th. So huge shout out to Motherload Kayak Angler for giving this report. He's trying his best to cover the entire Western region. Uh, check out motherloadkayakangler.com, your one stop for ca- kayak tournament bass fishing on the West Coast. Check out westernbass.com for tournament recaps and everything bass fishing on the West Coast. Boom. So that's really cool. I just I, I think it's cool to get a report from him. Um, he's doing a great job. Make sure you guys go check out his website, and you guys can stay updated with everything that's going on out here in the Western region. There's a lot of a lot of opportunities for anglers um, throughout the whole region. So huge shout out to you. Uh, really appreciate that report. Again, I'll probably do that maybe once a month or maybe once every other week just to give you guys an update on what's going on out here. So, anyways. Uh, I really got no new updates for myself. Just excited to have Cody on tonight. I'm going to go ahead and bring on the one and only Brian Schiller. <laughs> What's oh, up, Brian? How hey, you, how's, how's it going? <laughs> hey, dude. Yeah, we're doing a podcast tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. What's up, brother? Brian, I appreciate you coming on. I figured it'd be fun to have you on as well. You you own Paddle and Finn, and you're putting oh, wow. together you know, the whole event out there at dale hollow and i can't wait to come out and hang out with you guys and i just appreciate the opportunity that you've given me personally for this platform on pile and finn and uh it should be fun tonight speaking of which your invoice is past due bro (laughs) (laughs) yep i'll send that over soon but you also were at payments in the mail bro (laughs) (laughs) but you also were at kasemi too so i feel like it'd be cool when we talk to cody about kasemi specifically because we're going to concentrate on the 10 and how he won the 10. So it'll be yeah, cool to hear I'm, your side as well. And you can ask questions as well. Yeah, there's not a whole lot there. But I'm interested to hear how Cody uh, got it done. Because yeah. it was tough for me. I know it was tough for a lot of guys, especially like with the weather and play for the 10 Invitational, the Trail Series, the Pro Tour, you know, tournaments. Um, and then it seemed like the weather got a little bit better later in the week when they did the 10. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, uh, interesting to see. Cause I think Cody fished everything, right? Yeah. He yeah. pretty much fished yeah, everything he sh- and almost, he's shaking and almost his head. Won. Yes. I know. And he almost won everything too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, all right. No, it's cool, cool, man. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on. I think, uh, maybe we'll do some more like this too. And, and I'm stoked to be live. We got like nine people watching right now. And, uh, for those of you watching, I'm not sure if we have any comments yet. It looks like we have a few, um, we got James Snyder in the house. We got Facebook Craig user. Brashers in the house and a Facebook user yeah. in the house. <laughs> um, we have a few other guys on. So at towards the end of the, the episode tonight, if you guys want to ask some questions, we'll kind of scroll through and answer some questions um, that you guys may have for Cody. Oh, my man. Uh, Cody, Romel is in the house. Romel, Romel the Wizard's in the house. What's up, Romel? 
So we are, uh, let's just bring Cody in here. Let's get a drum roll for Cody. Um, Boom. I, oh, where'd he go? <laughs> we hit the button. There you go. The <laughs> oh, we did? <laughs> yeah. What's up, Cody? Hey, it looks like your mic is off. He's muted. Can't unmute your guest. Unmute, unmute your mic, Cody. Yeah, now I'm not unmuted. There, you go. there, we there go. you go. What's up, Cody? How's it going, man? Great. Everything is great besides the snow. Again. <laughs> so, well, talked to last night. We were me, uh, James and Josh. It snowed again. Well, it's snowing still. I know you've been, you've been pretty busy with the podcast lately, dude. So we appreciate you coming on once yeah, again. Yeah, no, for sure, man. It's it's been fun. Yeah. And congratulations. You can see those those nice checks and trophies in the background. And one of the biggest reasons that you're on tonight is because you are the first Western region angler to win the 10. So I cannot wait to unpack that. But first, what I ask every guest, Cody, have you ever looked to your, your wife or your friends and after a long day of fishing, maybe out on Kissimmee, and just bragged about how ripped up your thumbs are? Or are your thumbs currently ripped up right now as we speak? Yes. <laughs> Steel. Steel. Have you ever had them bleed before? Oh, almost every trip. Almost every trip. Wow. And then I'm sure at Kissimmee, your palm, your palms were ripped, your hands were ripped, your forearms were probably ripped with those big ones you were catching, huh? Well, actually, I mean, the tips of my fingers were, but I, I ended up getting some gloves, man. It was oh, cold. Okay. okay. It was yeah, freezing it was. every day. I almost yeah, froze was. to death and died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was miserable. I thought we were going to the Sunshine State. We get down there. The first couple of days were good, but as soon as tournament started, woo, it was rough. Yeah, it just dropped. That's yeah. crazy. I know. I saw those posts that you guys were posting up about that, and I was sitting out here in California, just you know, on the beach with my toes in the sand and just hanging out. It was fun. <laughs> Must be rough. <laughs> no, but first things first, Cody. Um, for my show at least, you know, you're this is your first time on the Bass Sons Fishing Podcast, and it'd just be cool to see, you know, who is Cody Henley? Um, what kind of kayak do you fish out of? How'd you start fishing? How'd you fall in love with fishing? Let's just get a little intro for Cody. Who's Cody Henley? I don't know, you ask me. <laughs> no, um, uh... Who is Cody Henley, man? That's a good question. You should have prepped me for this, man. I don't know who Cody is. No, so I have been uh, – I've probably been kayak fishing since 2014, I would say. Like, that's when I had my first kayak. I was uh, – actually, I stopped fishing there for a while. My dad passed away in a car wreck, and I kind of just lost all, like, interest in doing really anything, me and him, because me and him grew up fishing every week, every weekend. Like, we – and we were, I ate bass every night, you know, and I, I, I feel bad if I hook them in the wrong spot now, you know, uh, much less eating them. But like, that's literally all we did was hunt and fish. And uh, I kind of got out of it for a while. And um, I would say probably when I was 20, 23, 22 or 23, somewhere up in there, I, uh, I was working offshore on a, a drilling rig and uh, I'd actually been praying what I should do with my life, where I should go. And I actually decided to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, right when I'd quit my job, I actually fished every, like literally just God's like, hey, I, I want you to start back fishing again. 
I, I probably spent like $8,000 in tackle, like literally hadn't fished in so long, like at least six, seven years. And I fished for a year straight. I had a kayak, I had a John boat, had all the trolling motor stuff to throw those uh, two 12 volt big freaking lead batteries in the thing and weigh the kayak or weigh the thing down about flip you over. I didn't know nothing about no lithium batteries back then. <laughs> and uh, just got super hooked on it, man. Just got so hooked on it it was unreal and uh uh went on my mission came home i went back to mississippi and i hung out with my mom for like five weeks six weeks and i kind of had a rougher life growing up so i kind of like hey i want to get away from that you know i don't want to do that anymore so i'm going to move to utah and my uncle lived out here i actually served my mission in utah so i loved it so much while i was here for two years i came right back and uh got married well, right when I got married, I brought my wife back to Mississippi. And if we wouldn't have been engaged, I don't know, maybe she wouldn't even have married me. But I fished for eight days straight. And she's like, okay, can we do something else now? <laughs> but literally every day I'm like, oh, we got to go to this lake. We got to go do this. And that was it for me. That was 100% over for me. I came to Utah, came back, and I didn't know there were bass even in Utah. And it was the <laughs> weirdest thing, dude. I was – uh. Me and my wife had missed our flight. We did, did we stay the night in Dallas? We stayed the night in Dallas. The next morning we get on a plane and I am literally, I've just had the most epic fishing trip of my life. I'm like online looking for fishing reels. And uh, I think I was looking at some Shimano or something. Some dude looked over my shoulder, like creeping on me. He's like, well, what you going to get? And uh, we were in the ga- same gate to go to Salt Lake City and I'm like, well, I'm trying to decide on what I need to ship home back to go fishing in Mississippi and this, that. He's like, and then he starts telling me about all these bass in Utah. I'm like, what do you mean? Where at? What, what lake? What, where are we going? And uh, he was, uh, he's like, dude, they're everywhere. They're in every lake. But he's like, they're more smallmouth than anything. I'm like, what's a smallmouth? I didn't have a clue what a smallmouth was. <laughs> like, I'd fished largemouth my whole life, and that's literally all that I'd ever fished. And, uh, I went out and fished this lake called Deer Creek Reservoir, and I met someone. I still don't remember who that was. I met someone fishing out on that lake, and uh, she, he was like, he or she. It might have been a girl. It might have been a boy. I really don't remember. <laughs> it. It was like, I'm just, just pre-fishing for the tournament next week. I'm like, what you mean tournament? Where we go? Because, I mean, I'd fished a few tournaments growing up, you know, not not like no serious, you know, but – Gotten found the bass boat stuff and got in and fished some stuff with my buddies, like the two two team uh, tournaments and uh, two people tournaments, two team. And I, I looked, she told me about the Facebook group. I reached out to the tournament directors and they're like, yeah, you just got to sign up, do this, do that. And I'm like, oh, dude, I, I'm there. What do you want me to do? I, I borrowed my brother-in-law, Casey Borwaller's kayak, and uh, he had a Pescador pilot. And it had like those pedal things in it. And I was like, dude, this thing is dope. <laughs> This thing is awesome. Like, this is a dream compared to paddling. And uh, went out there, and I didn't do good, man. I got, like, 62 inches. I'm, I'm pretty sure Chris Spencer, who you're having on next time, is uh, he won that event. Maybe. I might be wrong. But I, I won big bass is what I won. And, uh, dude, over. 100% done. I looked up every tournament, every series that was close to me. I started fishing the boat tournament, started fishing the – the kayak tournaments that year I didn't sign up to be a member. So I couldn't qualify for their national championship, but the next year I did, I bought a Hobie 
I bought a 2017 Hobie Pro Angler 14 foot with a 180 drive. Uh, I'd won, I won Angler of the Year the next year, and then I won Angler of the Year the following year in Utah. And wow. I guess I guess that would be last year that I'd won my second year in a row for Angler of the Year and uh, started, you know, just doing more research and found out, you know, there's series, there's big series, there's California series. I, I got in touch with Chad. Chad came out to Utah. He's like, hey, man, all you got to do is go fish this. He's like, the 10. I'm like, what's the 10? What is that? What do you mean? Like, what, what do you, what? He's like, well, it's like the top 10 in the country, man. You just got to fish three events and then do the national championships and do good. I'm like, hmm. And uh, that year in California, I don't know if you remember, but it was the West, you remember the West Coast Championship in California? Yeah. So there was a KBF trail Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It lined it up three because there wasn't that much out there in uh, California. Yeah. And I think I took second in the West Coast Championship and I won a KBF trail. I took a fourth and I think I took another ninth. And I think that put me in like 17th or 18th place overall as my top. And that was the only three events that I'd fish. So there wasn't going to be any no drop tournaments in that one. So I know I just went down to the national championships and didn't do great by all means. But So that was your first time at Clear Lake was your first time fishing KBF? Yeah, that was, I think, no, no, no. So one other tournament before that, the year before, when I was like trying to grasp what was going on, I drove out, me and Cayman Rasmussen drove to Roosevelt Lake. And then that was the only other KBF trail that I'd ever fished before. Wow. Okay. So after, sorry, after the, after the August uh, KBF trail, then you decided to go to. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Uh, uh, at, yep. Went down to the national championship. Uh, I flew a uh, huge hut to Cayman Rasmussen. He drove all my stuff down and uh, met me down there. I'm, I have a really bad back, man. That's really what's caused every bit of this for me to quit my electrical job, start my own bait company uh, and travel. And this will be my first year to actually go fishing full time. And then I'll travel the world and just go to, I got, I think I have 22 national trails right now or something like that. So, so this will be my first full in, and at the national championships, I think I took fifteenth, and uh, I took one place above Casey Reed, and me and him were like the two closest in our standings, Neck and, and I think I beat him by one point. Oh, yeah, I think that's so. I think that's the second year Casey's taken eleven. It was, yep. it, it was oh. because Chad paid. He Chad like, dude, I I feel terrible, man. I'm paying for your invitational in or your entry fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Man, Cody went out there and swiped it. <laughs> yeah, man, it went really good. So that was 
and that's pretty much where we are now, you know, like this last year I fished three national events and it was the KBF trails. And then, yeah, that's it, man. This is, this will be all full national events. I won't really, I mean, I'm going to try to fish my local trail here because just the group, Aaron Mathis and Joe Randall are just literally amazing tournament directors and the support that mm. they've shown me and, and us as a group. So I'll, I definitely want to, but it'll, I got trip after trip after trip this year. Brian, are you hearing this, bro? Like, yeah, this is his first, he didn't even, he just went to one weekend for KBF, fished three events that weekend. (laughs) Goes to the national championship. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it happens, dude. Like you, I mean, I I was just looking at, because on uh for the fantasy kayak fishing you know we got what everybody made last year you know and a lot of guys that are on that list and towards the top like they did okay during the season but when it came to the nc that's when they won their money for the year you know what i mean so and i remember like seeing the 10 when that got announced and i was like who's this cody henley dude yeah like i I, I know dude and i think a lot of people like but 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 that's happened multiple years in a row because before you it was matthew conant before Mm -hmm. that it was was Derek brundle you know like rookies that came out of nowhere and and just crushed it in both the nc and the 10 which is awesome it's awesome dude it's 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 cool to see you know, like, you know, like back in the day when like poker was a small thing, you'd see the same guys one win the World Series of poker. Now it's just some random dude pretty much every year. And it's the same thing with kayak bass fishing. Now that like it's gotten so big, you're seeing all these new names, new guys, and it's it's affording these opportunities. Like, Cody, you must have been on the road for like, what, the past month, right? Because you did the, 29 the days. Yeah, you did the KBF, the Bass, and the and the Hobie yeah. event. You know, like yeah, it's it's cool that like this sport allows you to do that. You know what I mean? So, kudos no, to you, it's, man. It's it's amazing, man. Like I'm fishing for a full time job. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> how long? How long have you been making your baits? Because I just ordered some baits, but don't tell don't tell anyone the color I ordered. Okay. <laughs> But, you could send that to me later. <laughs> no, but how long have you been doing your baits and where can people find your baits and, you know, plug your baits in right now? So the same thing for my, in, uh, my face or Instagram and I'm not going to, uh, like point you out, but that Instagram is, it's canceled that you have on the page. It's just the Henley custom lures. That's the only Instagram I have. Oh, that one doesn't out. work. Oh, I can't, I don't know why I can't, no, you're good, dude. That I I was trying to help you out. I can't, no, I appreciate it, dude. I can't get into it though. It's just my Henley custom lures is the only one that I can get into. And the same thing for me, just a generic, just Henley custom lures.com. Yeah. And, um, my, my Instagram's turned more into like my fishing page, but I will still post like videos of, of my lures that I make, but I've probably been into making lures for, probably a year and a half but i didn't really officially become a business until when Leash? <laughs> last year this time so right at a year where you've officially been a business so that means i've been doing it for a year and a half then i would say right at a year and a half or a little bit over a year that's awesome and i mean you guys Appreciate it, Brent. 
this this guy this guy comes this guy comes to the West Coast Championship, dominates, dominates the the national championship and then dominates the 10. And I'm sure he had some Henley custom lures in his back pocket. So yep. <laughs> I don't That's know what's in throw, those man. custom lures, but I definitely ordered myself some and mm-hmm. I can't wait to get those in my hands and see what I can do. And maybe I'll win the 10 with them, you know, maybe you That's never know. Right, man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So what was that? I mean, okay, so let's, we're at, we're at the 10 now. So I guess leading up to the 10, what was what was like your your staple lure that kind of that you gained a lot of confidence in through that that run leading up to the ten? Uh, leading up to the ten would probably be because you're fishing Clear Lake and you're fishing Caddo, so I'm sure. And then I saw yeah. you you were posting stuff about the Golden Shiner, so that's not really yeah. like big of a secret. But yeah, no, was no, it the jackhammer sure. was it? Yeah, like, it was. Plastic? I, I feel like yeah. the the jackhammer just played a huge role for me. I was flipping quite a bit as well, but the the jackhammer. Now we'll say the trailer was. I, I definitely won't be telling anyone about the trailer, but I will be like the jackhammer because the trailer was an accident. This is usually like I, I always. <laughs> this is usually what I throw on my trailer. Uh-huh. It's literally like a rage menace with like a ribbed body. And yeah, I was uh, at that. it looks nice. And it kicks like crazy. I rigged that bad boy vertical. And Adam McCluskey showed me to rig it vertical because he's he's another buddy of mine up here. And he that's all he uses on this chatterbait trailer. But I yeah. just missed a fish. Uh, I think this was during like the one of the 10 invitationals or uh, one of the trails. Uh-huh. And I just missed a fish. And he j- literally like, I'm pretty sure he broke me off. That's what it was. He broke me off. I'm, I usually retie after every two fish, man. That's it right there. And uh, I just looked down at the bottom. I was throwing a golden shiner, and I just saw a black and blue just sitting down on the bottom. And I grabbed it and just threaded it on, chunked it out there. I caught a 21. Like, literally, the first cast. So, when I, when I, after I measured that fish, I'm like, that was that a fluke? What was going on? And I threw that thing in the water. And, dude, the way that, that it, the action was, I'm like, how have I never thrown this on? a jackhammer like what am i doing and uh i luckily i had some colors to match the golden shiner and then i had some colors to match white so it worked out perfect for me because i only that's awesome brought like maybe like seven to ten different styles going down there to Kissimmee, and uh yeah but i would probably say the the chatterbait played definitely my number one role even even going into it because i found the chatterbait bike day one of the trail because that was a practice day for me in my opinion, that yeah. was a practice day. Yeah. Dude, that is so awesome. So I know that you're also on on team yak rods as well, right? You yeah. got you got a full thing with yak rods, which yeah. I saw their video and the, and what they did for you was really awesome. Oh man. So that was insane, dude. I was like, I was watching your whole like process, bro. Like you go to the national championship and then I see that and then we're like, all right, now he's going to the 10. And then we were just like, you know, we were all cheering on. I remember I was messaging you like, just like, dude, like you're from West Coast. Like, you know, it's so awesome to see a guy from the West Coast go out there and just, you know, basically just dedicate his whole entire month to this journey that you went on. And uh, so what what kind of rod from Yak Rods were you throwing that chatterbait on? Like, what's your what's your like um, your, you know, your favorite rod for a chatterbait? Like, so they actually have. um uh, a chatterbait rod it's called the x chatter it's literally designed for the chatterbait and like they're not 
they put a lot of work in their stuff, man. I, I'm going to be honest, initially going and, and swapping. I'm not one to change. Like if I'm going to go get Italian herbs and cheese from Subway, I'm probably <laughs> going to get the same thing every single time. I just don't swap oh, up. Dude, that's so great. <laughs> and it was just super hard for me to like switch, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll jump on and just see how it goes. I've never had an ambassador or anything like that. You know, I'm yeah. like, you know, and after, uh, after getting their X chatter and getting used to their rods, the sensitivity, how versatile they are. Like for their process to building a rod, I probably had three prototype rods of a chat. That's it. I had three of those. I have three different styles and they built them from the ground up. They don't, they don't buy blanks and, and say, Hey, let's just put some attachments on them. They build everything from the ground up. And uh, I had some with glass tips. I had some that were too, too soft. I had some that were just, back and forth and uh after getting this composite x chatter that's what it, it's a composite rod it's x chatter six seven two medium heavy it's got a fast action and literally this thing is phenomenal it's got just enough tip where if they do eat it you know if they do turn away that tip will just give them a little bit of action but at the same time when you yeet on them son of a guns i promise you they're gonna flip up out of the water and I boat flip everything, man. I boat flipped at the Hobie BOS a six, like a 6.1 pound, uh, like a 20, 21 and a half or 21 and a quarter. I can't remember what it was. Do you even, do you even carry a net? I do because like, but every time I use those freaking nets, I just lose everything. <laughs> like I try to play them. I, I'm just not a fan of playing them. If you'll ever watch any of my YouTubes or anything that I shoot up, dude, it's literally, I'm just skiing them bad boys across the water as fast as I can. I even run like an eight, five to one gear ratio on my, on my, uh, jackhammer reel. That's awesome, dude. So yeah, that, that rod played such a huge role, man. Probably every single fish was caught off that unless, as a matter of fact, no, every single fish was caught off that because I was using another X chatter as a flipping rod. So, I mean, yep. Every single fish during the tournament was caught off an X chatter from yak rods. So let's, let's get into the 10 a little bit. And Brian, I know that you were there, so you, you might have a little bit more questions than I would because you were literally in Kissimmee during the same time but well i guess like start out what lake did you fish <laughs> you may give you the rundown of what made me go to that lake or what yeah give it give me everything dude okay, i was so... like well you know before i went down there and i talked about this on a podcast right because i have a friend that used to live down there and fish it a lot and i said what should i expect and he goes i'll tell you right now the problem with down there is everything looks sexy and everything right right and he's like but you'll fish you know this mat over here not catch a single thing turn around and fish the one behind you and you'll catch 20 like that's yep. the way it goes and then you'll so, go another seven miles without catching a single fish yeah, exactly that's exactly crazy. dude <laughs> so what yeah. uh so Go ahead, me going into the 10, kind of the same thing, Ron. I had a, a really good friend that you'd lived in Utah and he moved to Orlando. His name was, Pre it was, his name is Preston Higgins. And uh, going in, like, I'm like, dude, what should I do? Where should I go? Like, what all lakes have you fished on the chain? And he's like, man, I haven't been fishing a while. Cause it was way, when I reached out to him, it, it came, uh, it was still winter, you know? So it was really cold. He's like, I haven't been fishing since last uh, fall or anything like that. He's like, but all, all, only lake we go to is East Lake Toho. 
And I have you you go online, you won't find a single video about that lake. You won't sure. find nothing. You'll find no research. I mean, you'll find a tiny, tiny bit, you know, whether the chimp, the canals will be running of what, how much feet per second the water comes in or whatever the correct term is. And uh, I couldn't find anything on that thing, dude. So he, he's like, I, I haven't really been to Big Tahoe or Kissimmee, but everywhere you hear it down there, Big Tahoe, Kissimmee, you know, flipping mats, you know, and just all these rattle traps offshore. I just got panoptics on my kayak as well, too. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I tried it. I suck. Scratch that. <laughs> so, day one of my uh, practice, I went out to East Toho, and I, I had a decent day. Like, actually, it wasn't great because we had some weather come in. I probably, I think I caught one eighteen, a 17, and the rest were 12 inches. So, I was like, huh, cool. Let's go to the real lakes. So, I, I jumped off, and uh, I went to Big Toho. giant Akasemi. I think it would have been my PB. and But that was the only bite I got in six hours. Now, we did have a rainstorm come through and the temperature dropped from 60 to 42 as well. But I just didn't like how vast they were, how huge they were, how everything looked so juicy. And I just, where do I go? Where do I start? Okay, I found some hydrilla, but I can't get nothing to hit in that hydrilla. Oh, there's no more hydrilla for seven miles. So, but then I'm like, okay, I'll go back to Big Toho, give it another shot, and just scratched out there, man. I had two full days of no bites, and uh, I think I went and explored. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I don't know the name of it, but it pretty much the day before the trail started. It was a Thursday, and Yak Rods, uh, Tandy, and Scott and them actually had hired a videographer to come down and. Uh, we were already scheduled for East Toho and there wasn't really like, I was like, nah, that's fine. We'll go out there for a couple hours. I'll video and then go to another lake. Well, that day, my third or fourth cast, I hooked into a pick roll broke off. I was super upset. I'm like, yeah, this is just going to be great. I'm so excited to be here again. Well, luckily I went to a different part of the lake and uh, I mean, within 20 minutes I was catching fish left and right. And I'm like, Maybe I should come here. And then I hooked into a six and I hooked into a five. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should stop fishing, actually. And this was Thursday. I try not to hook fish from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But I, I was like, oh, I'm not coming here. What's the big deal? You know, they'll reload even if I do decide to come here. Sure. And uh, Friday came around and I'm like, I know that lake is decent. Let's see if I can go catch fish elsewhere. And me and Cayman and Rasmussen were splitting up. He was checking other lakes while I was checking this lake. He was checking other lakes while I was checking this lake. And uh, we went to Marion on Friday, Marianne. And I knew that's where Ken Wood and Russ Snyders had actually bought it out, fought it out the year before or two years before. And that's where everything was won. So I'm like, but the, the fishing was great. But there was everybody and their sister and their brother was there. And they were just hanging out, patting each other on the back, saying, good job. Keep up the good work. You want to fish my spot? Like, I'm, I'm just don't do good with people, man. Like, it just kind of gets in my head and something I'm really working on this year. But I'm like, dude, I'm, there's no way I'm going there. I hooked into like a 22, a 21, and another 18. And I just stopped fishing because, like, at the same time, I was like, dang, this is probably where I'm going to go. Because the fish that I was catching at East Toho were dinks. You know, cool, I caught three big fish in 
27 hours of fishing, you know, but what can that do for me? There's nothing taught road about it or there's not not a ton of stuff of intel about how good east toho is so i uh day one of the trail i rolled up and i'm like do i go to marion do i go to do i go to east toho what do i do and just last minute i decided i didn't even have a clue what i was doing that night i usually don't do that but i just kept telling myself this is a practice day that's all it is this is a practice day there's gonna be another lake open up on monday we'll get to go pre-fish that lake so we're good. No worries. Went to East Toho, East Toho, and I get there, and I'm thinking that those reeds are going to be – are y'all still here? Yeah, you're good, man. Yeah, we're still oh, here. Oh, y'all, y'all just – I'm just blowing you up, bro. <laughs> we're just giving no, you the you're, floor, bro. you're good, dude. <laughs> so I went to East Toho, and uh, I figured the reeds of where I was fishing behind the reeds were going to be enough to hold the wind. Well, I promise you, whatever y'all were getting – East Toho was getting five to 15 miles more. By the time it got across the lake, it was like seven foot rollers. I literally stuck my power pole down in just waiting out there. And all you could see is this little light. I couldn't see anything. The wind is just ripping. And I literally, my, my kite got wedged up on its side and literally everything just starts flipping over. I'm trying to like grab the reed and jerk me back over. And I'm like, dude, I got to get out of here. So <laughs> I just packed up and went to some random launch that I hadn't been to. And I, I scattered around for a little while, like a chicken with his head cut off. And then I finally just sat down, ate lunch. I said, cool, it's 12 o'clock. It's a practice day. But then I started thinking, I said, get yourself together. And I just started turning and burning, man. I, I turned that Newport Vessels motor probably on 20, 40, 20 to 45 to 35% and ran, ran it at 1.6 to point to 2.4 miles per hour and found a little like it looked like just where people have been going back and forth you know like the, those channels that cut yep, through yeah, the grass yep. down there and just caught a bunch of dinks you know hey, and cody I'm, cody were you controlling that thing with your foot yes <laughs> brian did you see that no he was literally fishing you you you, you somehow learned how to control that kick it did you see me kicking it I saw you kicking it. Yeah. That was that was pretty impressive, bro. I know a lot of guys were looking at that like, dude, is he is he standing up and using that pedal with his foot? That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. As he's burning a chatterbait hooking into five pounders. Well, I didn't oh, get to five that day, man. I caught a seven, okay. I think a sixteen or a seventeen that day. I think I ended the day with like seventy nine inches. I know I was in like fourteenth for the trail. And then like ninth or tenth for the pro or Timitational. Or the Timitational was actually in like fifteenth or fourteenth. But the pro series there's a little bit less people. So I think I was sitting in like tenth. And uh day two, I was like, Well, hey, I found fish. I'm not gonna go chance it with hundred and sixty other people. Cause I drove around that whole entire lake just looking for somewhere to launch. And I didn't get back on the water till eleven thirty. And I didn't see but maybe four other people in the whole lake. So I'm like there's not a lot of people here. If I can get something special here, we're done. Like it, it's game. Yeah. Like it's just not done, but it's game time. If I can get something here by myself. And uh, the next day was a little bit different. I rolled out and I was, when I got where I wanted to fish, actually where I did the photo shoot and I get there when I got off the water the day before the water was like 55, 57, close to 60 during the middle end of the day. And uh, rolled up, it was 42, 43 degrees. 
And I just started to freak out, man. I started to worry. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to go find somewhere else. And all I could think about was all that water got pushed over here. I figured it'd be warm, but it was just under turning and pulling all that water from underneath that surface water temperature and just giving it all the cold water to me. And I said, okay, I'll give myself one hour. If I don't have a fish, I'm bouncing. Third cast, I caught a 14, a 14 incher, seventh. Seventh cast, I caught another 15-incher. So I'm like, they're hitting this in 45-degree temp. Dude, I this is – yeah, let's go. <laughs> so I started running the pattern that I actually wanted to do on day one. and uh, Which was a jackhammer. Yeah, it was a jackhammer, and but a little bit slower this time. We had decent wind that day, which was, was perfect because it made those fish a little bit more active. I don't – you can still get a jackhammer bite so in when, that when Cody day. When Cody says a little bit slower, it's not like this. It's like this. Yeah, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it, was, it was still pretty quick. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I love how that jackhammer, man. It, it's made to run at a certain speed, right? It but darts, if you, yeah, yeah, if you overturn that thing, it just darts left and right and just does some. You're not gonna know what it's gonna do, but it does some sporadic actions and it just triggers those fish. Like it's literally just the second I'll, I'll burn that thing and stop, bam, they'll just smack it. <laughs> so it, it worked out good. I think after those two 14s, I only caught seven fish that day. So, but they were the right fish. Uh, after that, I caught a 1925 or 19, 19 something. Next fish was an 18. It's like 10, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, super early. And I'm like, dude, we got this. If I can get back and at least catch up and hit a hundred inches today, I might be able to win the pro series. And, uh, after that, I broke off to a stud. I went, I was, I was fishing this channel and I turned in where the reeds were and there was another channel and I literally would just flip it in there and it, it was protected. So the wind wasn't rolling and the water was like six to 10 foot visibility. So that's why I had to throw something besides white or, or just a more natural color. And all of a sudden I see this little, probably 2021 20, dart out of the bushes, just choking. I freaked out. And it was right at the nose, and I jerked on it, and I jerked on it too hard. I was used to my P-Line Tactical, and I just swapped over to P-Line Ultimate. And the Ultimate has, like, a lot less stretch, almost no stretch. Like, still my favorite line in the world, but I, I just – I jerked way too hard, and my drag wasn't set. I usually use my drag with my thumb a lot of times, but it broke off. I was, like, trying to keep myself together. I screamed. I'm like, No! I needed that fish. And uh, I laid back. I remember I laid back and said, hey, keep it together. Because, I mean, you're, that mental game is almost 98.9% of everything. Because you think about it, when you get hyped, what do you do? You start catching fish, right? Like, it, it's, it's with anything. It's football, baseball, it's with anything like that. It, it just pumps you up. Yeah. Uh, I rolled out to the next cove and uh, – Soon as my jackhammer hit the waters, I literally just jerked on it to get, rip it out of the grass. As soon as it came free from the grass, I called a nine. It was twenty three and a quarter. Um, Jesus! I used the net. I definitely. I used, used the, the net. net. <laughs> See, so the net. Oh, bro! Net. I thought you were gonna say you boat flipped that thing. No, oh, dude. No, the net does come in handy for some for some applications, man. But I'm always freaking out so bad because I remember. 
when that fish, I was like, dang, it's caught up. And then it just boom, peeled out in front of that channel, just wide open. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, dude. I didn't think, I thought it was like, what, five or six pound or 20 inches. I would do, we're good. And I started to come up and he came up and jumped right in front of the boat, literally the head on, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I freaked out. I, I reeled down, grabbed my rod, just picked my rod up, went to grab the net, and he went under my boat. But then all I could think of, I said, I got P-line ultimate abrasive, and I just started tugging him back. And literally just – I felt him hit my drive, like the line just go through my drive. Right as soon as my net came down, I scooped him, and he flipped, and he literally just flipped right in my net, and the jackhammer popped out. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, dude, it, it was unreal. And – that I moment, just, I just felt like I was right. I was like right next to you during that. <laughs> oh, dude, it was insane. And that moment, that was a just great description. Me, that dude, was awesome. it just kept me appreciate it. Kept me rolling so strong. Like I'm like, I got this. I got towards the end of the day. I still had those two fourteens. I'm like, okay. I went down my bank. I've gotten into more Kissimmee grass. The bites died for me. Um, I need two more fish. You know, I have a limit. And I, I think I was actually sitting in first. I think I was still in first with like 91 inches. But this I wasn't. Is the pro series, right? Yes. This is day two trail. Yeah. I was first in the trail and then I was first in the pro. No, no. I was. No, I was first in the pro series because Jason didn't have service. So, and then I was first in the Timitational as well. So, I started circling back. I get a little away from the Kissimmee grass. And, uh. I remember I picked the channels because I only had like two hours left. So I picked the channels that were the most productive for me that had the most waypoints marked. I rolled out and I turned around and I'm sitting on the edge of this channel and literally just flipping, just constantly flipping that chatterbait in, in little different sections. And I flipped it right up next to the reed line and I'm running my rod, like just trying to keep it right by the grass. And then I caught an 1825 and I think I had 32 minutes left. And I then went back and forth a couple of times and I was literally right where I launched. And I'm like, there's no way there's a fish right where I launched in this channel. <laughs> I pulled out another, either a 17 or an 18. I think it had me at like 97.75 or something inches. And uh, wow. that was it. That was a wrap for me. Let me ask you this. Being from Utah and when you see that the, the Temptational and the 10 and everything is in Kissimmee, Never been to Kissimmee, never fished Florida before, right? That was your first time. Mm -hmm. So being from Utah, I'm sure the bite isn't like super wide open all the time. So like your confidence going out to Kissimmee, like when you're out there during practice and it's tough, do you feel like being from Utah, fishing Utah, you know, for the majority of your kayak fishing, do you feel like that gave you like this like, at Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. 
And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This edge on like just staying confident, even when it was tough for you in the beginning of your practice? In in different perspectives, yes. Utah has taught me. I've never owned a spinning rod in my life until I came out to Utah. And, you know, Utah has taught me so much of how to slow down because this drop shot or net rig is what you're going to win most things on. Unless we're at a largemouth lake where we can throw a frog or a chatterbait or stuff like that or flip near some grass or, or punch. And there's not too many of that, you know, like, but like here in Utah, I've had to slow down so much and literally pick everything apart. You know, like when I won the national championships in Utah's national championship, I won it on a jackhammer, uh, three quarter ounce and an ounce and a quarter in 50 foot of water. You know, one of the <laughs> weirdest bites that you would ever think, you know, that even exist, you know, but that's, I caught every one of my fish and I probably caught over 50 that day. So, I mean, absolutely, man. It's, it's helped me. Cause I mean, I know I, everything. But it's interesting because like you see your persistence and I feel like it's the same for California guys and even some Arizona guys too. Like, being tenacious is a word that's thrown a lot around here, thrown around a lot around here, you know, staying on a spot and picking apart like a rock pile and going all the way around it instead of just like one time. And you carrying that same mentality from your Utah waters to Florida and look at the way that you were fishing Florida. You, you said you went back and forth like a few times on that stretch and like you were just like constantly casting and, 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 and being tenacious. And I feel like, from a guy that has to catch fish, catch most of his fish out here with a spinning rod, when you get out there in these waters where you can power fish, it ups your power fish game because you're so used to picking stuff apart. When you go into that power fishing aspect of it, you carry that same mentality and look at how successful you are. I mean, how in the heck does a guy from Utah show up and just catch like 20, 30, 25 pounds in, in Florida? It's because of his determination to A, not keep his line out of the water, and B, he's just tenacious as hell. Even when he comes back to the boat ramp, he's still casting, trying to catch one more fish. Like those are the kind of things that it takes to get those trophy and checks that you have behind you. And a lot of that has to do with from where you're from, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's what I think. No, absolutely. I a hundred percent believe you, Shane. Like seriously, like I never, I, I was just like a boat fisherman, man. I'd roll up to a spot and be like, Oh, cool. Five cast. I'm going boom. I, I didn't have no motor, so I'm going, but I'd be like, eh, and just get out of the way, you know, but like it was, it's changed my entire game because I am absolutely a power fisherman like no other. That's literally what I love to do, man. I, I literally will throw frogs from sun up to sundown, whether you call that power <laughs> or not, you know, like I'm, yeah. that is literally a, a rivet and a live target. That's literally all, I, I don't know why I don't like buzz baits, but I will throw them son of a guns all day if I can, but now I'm able to pick so much more apart. So we're already at like that 50 minute mark right now. And we've heard the whole story of your, you know, temptational pro series. So winning the 10 and, and for those of you guys in the comment section right now, and for those of you guys that are watching, if you guys want to ask some questions, we'll, we'll get you some of those questions answered for you by Cody. Well, it so sounds guys- like we got a story we got to hear, but we'll wait till the end for that. Okay. What, what something about with? a bird fight. Oh, flip. Cody versus the cranes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for the end. Oh, man. Those freaking birds, dude. 
dude they sounded like like at one point dude i was like is there an ape or orangutan or something yeah, in this yeah. bush behind me dude like <laughs> they make some funny noises down there yeah. bro there was one over here and one over here and apparently they were mating and i was in their area <laughs> it was crazy dude like i'm like having this full-on conversation i know he heard me i know he heard me but he just wasn't putting up with me he's like get out now i'm like okay i'm turning around you i saw you point the finger at the crane and i was dying bro i was about to point the finger i I might endanger wildlife then no i can't hurt the bird but i man they were hot bro they were freaking hot they were We that's thought you funny. looked like another crane. They were coming for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so one thing that I have for you, obviously, you kind of carried that, you know, that pattern into the ten. Um, you were burning the chatterbait, so yeah. you went. Let's just let's just you know let's just kind of skip forward a little bit because we're you know I want to kind of keep it around an hour, hour and ten if we can. Okay. So Cody Cody Henley wins the ten, and. What have you seen happen since you were able to hold that trophy up? What what in your life has changed since you've since you won KBF the ten? Because that that is arguably, you know, one of the most coveted trophies that you could possibly get in our sport. So how has that changed, you know, your life basically? Oh, I think there's a lot of ways, man. Like this was kind of a risk and a gamble for me to go out and, and fish full time, you know, and throw up 25, 30 national trails for a year, you know, I feel like it helped not only me, you know, to gain confidence in myself, you know, I even thought to myself like, Oh, it was a fluke. You know, I accidentally won, but I'm like, dang. And when I got home, I'm like, I accidentally won for seven days in a row. No, maybe I do know how to fish a little bit. Maybe I got a little bit of skill, you know, but like, <laughs> It, it really helped me. You have a lot of skill, bro. You have a lot of it, skill, not a little bit. I appreciate you have a lot. it, man. <laughs> it, it helped my family a lot, you know, to know that I can go out there and do this for a, a living, you know, yeah. and, and provide for my family. Right now, it's just me and my wife. But one day I will have kids and I might not be able to travel as much. So I'm trying to get it in as, as much as I can. While I'm, uh, I don't have any kids, but man, it was after hearing about the 10 and going there and to experiencing it firsthand, man, it was no question in my mind, one of the most important things that's happened to me in my fishing career, you know, just the being around those guys, every single one of them are phenomenal anglers, phenomenal people. Like they have, I don't know. I just, I really can't express it, you know, like the having opportunities to have a sponsorship and, and for them to help me out, you know, while I also help and promote their company, you know, I never even heard of that stuff until like what a year ago, you know, like, what is that? Like, what is it? What do you do? Like, does they give you food or what, what can they do? <laughs> but no, man, it's, it's been absolutely life changing, you know, like, cause you're right. Who am I? You know, where, where did I come from? Like, but like, I mean, this, this is literally the first time I'm ever really even putting myself out there to go fishing, to do this national and to actually do this full time. And I mean, it won't be the last. I'll tell you that right now. Like this is, I, I work my butt off to get where I am now, and I'm, I'm not going to stop. You know, I have one. Yeah. Man, I have one of the, the the greatest sponsors on my side, just like every single one of us do, and that's God. And that's no question in my mind. He's the only reason why I was able to do that. You know, I I don't live my life perfectly. 
by any means, but I dang near try my hardest to be the best person that I can for others. You know, so it's, it's changed my life completely and it hopefully will continue to change me and my family's life. That's awesome, dude. That is and awesome. what about, uh, that's just incredible. And for you to use that platform to express your faith too, I, I give you props for that, man. So Appreciate it. what about, um, like being in the 10 house, like, like, what, oh, like not, let's just not talk about the fishing. Let's just let put fishing the side, but like, let's talk about like the 10 house. Like, how is it? Like, I know they don't, they, they kind of share about it, but it's, it seems a little bit kind of like low key in the house. Like what's going on in there? Dude, it, <laughs> Hands down, Chad and Christy deserve the, and their whole team deserve the biggest round of applause. Like, Christy's amazing. Chad's awesome for what they're doing for us. Like, every day when you get off the water, dinner served. Like, they, their feet. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Sorry, Chad, but like, literally, <laughs> dinner served. Everything out here is just is made for you. Like, uh, when you walk into the tent house, you literally have probably $3,000 worth of excess. Maybe not that high, but I mean, it's, it's quite a bit. So much. It's quite yeah, bit, yeah. It's so much stuff. Like, and it's all like super relevant, like awesome stuff. It's like, yeah, it's everything yeah. that you can use. Yeti yeah. stuff, DZ stuff, all the yeah. yak attack stuff you need. Yak attack poles. You got yeah. literally everything you could think of a kayak cushion with our, with it labeled DZ top 10, like a board, that literally says top 10 with Cody Henley on it. I'm like, what the, like this, that's a trophy case for <laughs> yeah. me, dude. That ain't going yeah. on no fish. Yeah. There ain't no fish touching that. But I mean, I mean, it was, it was awesome. We had breakfast made for us. We had our lunch to take out on the water. Just being around those people was phenomenal. And that is no question in my mind. My number one goal for next year is to make it to the 10 again from here on out. I don't want to skip Brian, here. Brian, I don't know about you, man, but like one thing, for me at least like when i'm going and fishing these events especially kbf like for some reason like i would love to to win the national championship don't get me wrong i would sure. love to win the national championship win all that money me too. but there's just something about the way that they market the 10 oh, it's yeah. like it's like yeah so I, sick <laughs> yeah i'd rather bomb the nc and win the 10 you know yeah. what i mean yeah like me it too. just it, you know it's not even about the money dude screw the money honestly like the money's the money like whatever it is but like just winning the 10 and being there <laughs> heck yeah you know heck what i mean man. yeah dude it, yeah it just, well i mean not only that but like you got 10 of the top anglers in the country all in one place you know there's some fish secrets being told along with some fish stories don't get me wrong yeah. but um it you know, especially in our, in the kayak fishing community, you know, like I'm sure all you guys got along. It was a great time. New friendships were made, old friendships were rekindled and so on and so forth, man. And it's, uh, just, just to have a couple days in that house and, and just chat with those 10 anglers. Well, 11, right. Was it 11 or yeah, 12? It was 11 of us. E 12 either way. Me. Yeah. Either way. I mean, like, just, just some of the stories I'm sure that could be told from the conversations oh, man, that it was were had. In the Gene Jensen yeah. was there with us too. Like Gene's an awesome guy, fluke master. Like I had to tell a small story. Um, got in the ten and like everyone's talking about like what they were throwing, like where they were throwing it, how they were catching all their fish. I'm like, they trying to trick me. I ain't gonna let them do it. I ain't gonna let them do it. They, they <laughs> yeah. trying to get to me and uh, that. 
they were a hundred percent honest, man. They were literally telling everything, being super awesome, like weren't trying to hide anything, like literally just super awesome. I've talked to I talked to Milton today, like literally friendships made, like literally just awesome people, man. Like that that experience was just was top notch on me as a kayak angler. You know, that was top notch. And one thing that I that we talked about a couple of days ago on the phone, Cody, um, that you can maybe elaborate on. There's a lot of anglers throughout the country that do really well for three events, right? They do the KBF trails and they do a really good, you know, they have a really good showing for those events and they possibly have the opportunity to go to the national championship and be in the 10 and, and win the national championship. But, you know, for a lot of anglers, sometimes it's hard for guys to take that week off of work and go compete in the NC and, and, and I basically take that risk to make that happen. But you literally fished three events. You were sitting in like the top 20. And instead of being like, eh, you know, Caddo's kind of far. Like it's going to take a lot of money. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of time off of work and it's going to, you know, be a week of a week or two of my life. But look at what has came from you just taking that one step to the NC and then following it up, going to the 10. Look what, look what's came of that, dude. Like you've literally have, broke into the national scene just just a guy from utah you know pretty big in utah and then now you're you're a, a household name in the whole kayak community nationally dude just that's just congratulations man that's just phenomenal but do you want to just like elaborate a little bit on like that step to like just pursue it i guess no absolutely i um like my step or what i took or for what everyone should do uh, like what what you took, like what like so, what Cody took, and what everyone like just just kind of talk about like what you took, like that step to go. Yeah, no, it, it was a huge step, man. Like, dude, I spent four thousand dollars going down there, like, and that was me. I spend extra wherever I can. I bought, <laughs> I probably bought like once I was down there, I can't make lures, dude. So I had to go to the yeah. freaking. I don't know. I have this like weird addiction. Where like, oh, cool, I'm off the water. Let's go to the tackle shop. Cool, I'll see you there. And it just isn't the greatest. So it was probably three to four thousand dollars is what I spent down there after everything. And it was a huge step, man. But like the most rewarding thing that I ever could have done, you know, I bombed it on day three. For some random reason, I was getting 92 inches every single day at the same place. I just randomly decided to go to another ramp and fish another way. Finally get to my spot and someone's sitting on my spot where I usually fish with like one hour left. And just threw me off, man. And I got like 80 inches that day or 78 and 79 inches. But like those first two days is uh, obviously what mattered to get into the 10. And it, just the greatest, greatest decision I could have made was to go down there. But also it was so easy too. like it, it. I had someone drive my kayak down like it was. You made it work. A, you made yeah, it work it, for you. You got to make it work. That's right. It yeah. might have been a little hard talking the wife into it. But I mean, it was it always, a little challenging. It always, it always yeah. is, no matter it's what. It's never easy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're exactly Dude, right. When I went, check this out. When I when I went to Gunnersville two years ago, I think, or a year and a half ago, I you know, like it's funny. Let's just talk about this for a second. But talking our wives into it, okay? So in, instead of me coming from California and and saying, "Hey, babe, I'm going to be gone for like a week and a half," okay? That's just for us. It's just not going to happen. So. Yeah. I had to make a decision 
to go out there no matter what. And I literally had my buddy Anthony. He just posted right here. Anthony oh, Garcia. He he drove my kayak to Gunnersville. I flew in the day before day one of Gunnersville. Had about four or five hours on the water. And then ended up catching, you know, ended up doing well and placing like 13th in the Challenge Series Championship. And then right after that, flew back home. So I was gone mm. three days. But if I didn't, if I didn't even take that opportunity, which was presented to me, which was work, which worked well with my family and everything, I would have never got that experience. I would have never met the people that I met. I would have never placed like I placed, which has helped me in other areas, like, you know, other sponsorship areas and just national recognition and just all these things. That would have never happened if I didn't just like push the limit of of what I was able to do in the moment and and go and experience and fish Gunnersville, which is a bucket list list lake for me. Just like I'm sure Cato was a bucket list lake for you. At the same time, you're taking all these risks. You get to experience incredible fisheries at the same time out of a plastic kayak. Oh, dude, so <laughs> much fun, dude. Like going to right. Kissimmee, dude. Like you said, remember on the phone the other day, you're like, dude, I would have never gone to Kissimmee. For, the, for anything else other than what I just did. And you got to experience yeah. that, bro. So that's right. That's just incredible, dude. So I don't know. For those of you that are on the fence with KBF or Hobie BOS or Bass Nation about pursuing something, look at a guy like Cody who literally dropped everything, took a risk, went out to the NC, did well, went to the 10, won the 10. It could be you guys. You just, you never know, man. You just got to, you got to go out there and fish and keep your line in the water. That's right, man. So kind of wrapping it up now, I know we're past that hour mark. Um, you know, there's a lot of people watching and, and commenting. I don't see a ton of questions coming in, but I, I feel like you really covered everything very thoroughly and well. Um, you know, we appreciate you having having you or having you on the show as, as well, dude. And for my podcast, as like, you know, trying to highlight the West, seeing you do what you did was just I was just on cloud nine myself, just seeing a Western region angler going out there and doing his thing and taking home these trophies. So congratulations again, bro. So Brian, do you have anything as we, as we let him close it? No, man, it's uh it's been an honor to sit down just talk and listen for the most part on my end. Um, and it's cool, man. Congratulations again. And look forward. Like I said, man, you, you came out this season just swinging and, yeah. uh, Obviously, a force to be reckoned with, not only in KBF, but obviously Bass and Hobie as well. You know, it's uh, it's cool, man, and it's uh, it's going to be really cool to see you continue to uh, grow on the national scene for sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate y'all for sure. Absolutely, I'm I'm excited for this year, man. Hopefully, this could be a, a hey, good one, year. One question that Anthony um, just asked: Are you going to be going to Roosevelt in Arizona? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. Everyone should come. Just pack up and go, man. Just just everyone it's come. Lake, dude. It's fun. Last time I like when I w- wasn't able to travel, you know, when I had a full-time job as an electrician, I I'd only we drove down there like Thursday night, fish Friday and literally just started on the Salt River and had no clue there was any other clear water. And like in the middle of the day we drove up and was like the lake is clear down here. So like it's <laughs> so nice to be able to like go somewhere and be like Oh, cool. I got four days to check this place out. Yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah, bro. Um, what's after Roosevelt, what's next for you um, as far as your tournament series go? Um, I'm looking into the ABA stuff. 
I'm trying to get scheduled off right now. I might hit up Lake Party, part whatever that place is. Party? No, yeah. is that that's not ABA. That's actually Bass Nation. Maybe? That's Bass Nation, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm looking into that just because my March is pretty, pretty open. But yeah. uh, I'll hit up uh, Roosevelt, uh, KBF Chatfield, Hobie Broken Bow, uh, KBF Pineview. That's actually in Utah. Lower Ote with uh, American Bass Association. Is that that's right? American Bass Association. Yep. Yep. And after Ote, I'll run. I got a few local trails in July. And then as soon as August hits, we got the West Coast Championship that I'm going to try my hardest to qualify for. And uh, on the West Coast, there's a KBF trail actually out there at that yeah. time too. Well, and, hey, if, uh, you come, if you come to the Delta, you can qualify for the West Coast Championship at I the know, ABA. Man. I know. I think <laughs> I think I just figured out my mom's in town that week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can't. And then uh, Hobie Darnell, National Championships at Kentucky Lake. And then the Tournament of Champions. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, Log on to MidwayUSA.com. Awesome, dude. Well, uh, Cody, maybe take this second just to kind of plug where people can follow you uh, and any sponsors yeah. you want to thank, and then we'll just go ahead and wrap it up. Absolutely. Um, follow me. Ryan, did you do that? You did a phenomenal job. I did. My I did. Instagram is just Henley Custom Lures, or you can even type in Cody Henley. You can find me on just Cody Henley. YouTube's the same thing as Cody Henley. I'm going to start like, really doing better and being consistent at those uh videos i suck at those man i got like 12 edits right now but i'm gonna do better at those and keep those coming and then i'm gonna try to do like better of like teaching videos you know for the longest time i'm like i don't what do i have to teach people so i'm gonna try to do a better job at just i don't care what people think you know and just going over techniques and seeing if i can help someone that don't know or even teach them how to get into a kayak you know and, and fish in tournaments you know so Awesome. Uh, that's really it. Facebook's the same thing. Cody Henley. And I, I do have to, I'm not going to run down and give like a crazy shout out to every single, well, like a rundown through my sponsors, but I got to get at least a shout out for everything. Yak rods, best kayak rod out there, dude. I, I can't even freaking describe how awesome they are, what they've done for us and the community. Like they're literally building rods for you and me, like for us. And uh, you can use my code Henley10. It'll save you some <laughs> money as well. So 13 Fishing, Dakota Lithium, uh, Kayak Cushion, P-Line, Battle Baits, Rogue Fishing, Newport Vessels, and just jumped on board with the Yak Attack. So I'm excited to be a part of their team as well this year. Awesome, bro. Hey, let's see that trophy really quick. Put that trophy up to the screen. <laughs> Dude, this thing's heavy. Is it is it catchboards like underneath? Yeah, it, you know? yeah. it is. All this is catchboards right here. That this is this right sick. here is a catchboard. So you got like the first place, yeah, and then on the back is the names of each individual person that was in it that year. I love that they did that. That's really sick. Yeah, so it's pretty. 
Yeah, it's That's sick, awesome, man. Bro. It's Heck freaking yeah. sick. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that does it for tonight's episode, guys. Cody, again, thank you for coming on. Congratulations. Can't wait to follow along and see how, how your year pans out this year. I have a feeling you've heard it here first. Cody Hanley is going to win the national championship this year for KBF. Oh, so snap. There, there's there's my prediction for Cody. He's <laughs> he's taking home the NC. There's no doubt. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> I like it. Unless I, go, it. unless I go, then he'll take second. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Brian, thanks for coming on tonight as well. Anytime, you, man. Bro. Yeah. Uh, that does it for tonight's episode. As always, guys, keep your thumbs ripped. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. Through the blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.